Welcome to This Story Matters. Each episode, we visit with people just like you who've walked through events that have grown their faith, transformed their families, drawn them closer to Christ, and refreshed their outlook on life. We believe sharing a testimony can build up others, and that is why this story matters. This episode is presented by Beatles Property Maintenance. For all home maintenance needs, including mold remediation and radon mitigation, more information found at BeatlesPM.com. Thank you for joining us for this episode of This Story Matters. I'm your host, Stephanie Jenkins, and today I have a very precious lady in here with me to tell a story that God has given her, that God does speak to us and we can hear his voice. Raylene, thank you for joining me. I am excited to be here. It's fun to be able to share something that God has done. And it wowed me then, and it wows me now. I'm sorry. (laughs) His love does that to me every single time, every single time. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we go any further. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today, Lord, and I'm so thankful that we get to be your kids, that you love us more than we can even fathom. Thank you for knowing how to speak to us, knowing when to speak to us. Thank you that we have the ability to listen and hear. Lord, as Raylene and I go back and forth and we unpack this story, I invite you into this room. I ask that Holy Spirit would just ordain our words, that our words would not be ours, but they would be yours. And that the ears that are hearing this would just open, that walls would melt, and this would be received in a new way. Lord, we love you. We're going to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. A few years ago, I don't even know how it started, but I had some friends that had practiced kind of listening to the voice of God. And that was kind of a wild thought to me was, oh, that's kind of cool. I wonder if I could hear God's voice. So I looked up a few things in scripture and I found that back in the Old Testament, um, Elijah had an experience with God doing all kinds of wild things, saying he was going to pass by. And there was these big, exciting, like, what would it, I can't even remember what they were, like, you know, wind and fire and big, exciting things. But God wasn't in the big, exciting things. God spoke in a still, small voice. And I thought, well, that's interesting because when I think of God, I think of big, exciting things happening. But when God speaks to us, it's not necessarily going to be that way. So that was kind of in the back of my mind. And then um, I also listened to or, or read John 10. And throughout John 10, it talks about kind of us being sheep and God being the shepherd and how the shepherd would speak and the sheep would know his voice. And I thought, hmm, I would really like to learn to know the difference and to know what is God's voice. Because a lot of times I'll have thoughts in my head or, or you know, voices, tapes even of yourself when you're young. And it's kind of cool to think if I could separate that out and really know the voice of God. Put that on a shelf. That kind of happened. I think I even probably prayed. I pray often in my, just in my thoughts, praying to God throughout the day. I probably prayed at one time, Lord, I'd really like to be able to hear your voice. And went on living my life, didn't think anything of it. Well, one day we were living out in the country. My husband's a pastor. 
and he was pastoring a small country church. And one day I was driving into town. We had to drive a long way to get a gallon of milk or a loaf of bread. And we'd pass by the same route every time. And there was this business along the side of the road that was really just a building to me. But it had great big, I'd say at least 20 feet wide, red lips kissed on the side of the building. And across the top of it, it said Sally's. And it was a gray building with these great big red lips kissed on the side of the building. And it was kind of, it would capture your attention because there was nothing else that looked quite like that. (laughs) Anyway, I was driving by it one time and I had this tiny little thought in the back of my mind that said, pray for Sally. And I was like, oh, well, that's odd. And I thought, okay, I will. And I did. Just a simple, I didn't know who she was. I wouldn't have known her if I'd bumped into her on the street. You'd never been in the the building, the business, anything. Never been in the business, never been in the building, never had met the woman that I was aware of. I I didn't know who she was. For all you knew, it could have been somebody named Sarah instead of Sally. Because sometimes that'll happen. Mm -hmm. You don't always have, it could be a nod to someone else in their family or something like that. Yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea. Um, So, and I didn't know what she looked like. I just, I could have been talking to her in the grocery store line and not known it was her. Anyway, well, I drove back that day after going into town and had to pass by the same way to get home. And I heard that funny little, tiny little thought in the back of my head. And I don't know if I heard it or if it was just a thought, but it was pray for Sally. And I was like, hmm, okay. And I did. Well, this went on and on and on. And I probably went into town twice a week. So it would be four times every week on the way into town, the way out of town. And I thought, this is really odd. And I can remember partway through thinking, you know, something's wrong with you, girl. You just keep thinking the same thing every time you go by here. Why do you do that? And I'm kind of in my mind going, I don't know why I'm doing this. It's just kind of weird. So one time, my husband and I were on a date. And we had three kids. So getting to have a time where we could be just the two of us was like really special. So we were driving into town. And we were starting to pass by Sally's. And I thought, oh, I've got that funny little thought again. And so I said to Tom, Tom, you won't believe this. I have this funny little thought that I'm supposed to pray for Sally. And he looked at me and he goes, you too? I could have fallen over. I was absolutely shocked because I kept thinking I just had the weird little thoughts. And when he said he heard it too, I was like, oh. Maybe this is God's voice. This has to be God's voice. So it changed the whole perspective for me. It went from a funny little niggly thought to, oh my, this is important. So then I said, well, I've been hearing it for a while. How long have you been hearing it? And he goes, two years. And that was exactly what I had been hearing it for two years. I was so, I almost felt like electricity at that point. I was like, oh my goodness. It was really exciting. So it completely changed my perspective on that funny little voice in the back of my head. And it was like, okay. So together that day, we prayed, and we just prayed for her. Now, sometime before Tom and I had discovered we both were hearing the same thing, I had had some neighbors that had said, you know, it's not nice for us to have a, and this place was a topless bar. So I don't think I mentioned that earlier. No, no, you didn't. (laughs) 
Okay. Well, it's a topless That's bar. why I was thinking it could have been named after somebody's grandma, but maybe not. No, no, yeah. I don't think so. Okay. I, I think it was named, in fact, it was named after the person that ran it. But at that point, I didn't know for sure. Okay. Anyway, so this neighbor of mine had said, oh, it's disgusting that we have in our lovely little community out here, rural community, that we have a topless bar. We need to get rid of it. We need to protest. We need to do whatever we can to get rid of it, to shut it down. And I just kind of listened to him, and I thought, hmm, okay. I didn't, I don't, it just seemed odd to pray against a business. So one of these times, in fact, maybe more than once, when I heard that little small voice, I thought, now, am I supposed to pray against the business? And I thought, no, it's three words, pray for Sally. I never prayed against the business or anything else. And honestly, for years, that went on for two years. It went on before I even knew Tom was hearing the same thing. Well, nothing changed. I kept praying for her every time I went into town and every time I came home. And probably at least another year went by. And then one day after church, somebody came up to me and goes, can you believe it? And I was like, believe what? She goes, Sally was in our church today. And I was like, Sally was here? She goes, yes. And I was like, oh, that's so exciting. And I was like, where is she? I want to say hello to her. And she goes, why are you excited? And I'm like, it's a long story, but I've got to talk to her. And she was like, well, she's already left. I was like, oh, she has? Oh, okay. And then, then I don't know, a week or two later, guess what? Sally showed up again. And this woman came back to me and she goes, she's here again. And I'm like, oh, who is it? Who is it? And um, eventually, I don't remember if it was even that second time, eventually I got to meet her and, and say hello. And I didn't really want to tell her too much about the fact that I've been praying for her for three years. But anyway, um, it ended up that pretty soon it wasn't just Sally, but Sally brought her husband, Ron. And the two of them started coming. And pretty soon they were regulars. They were in the church all the time. And I was like, this is so exciting. I don't know what God's doing, but I'm seeing something for those silly little prayers that I don't think they were very in-depth or anything for all those years, but it was amazing to see that Sally was coming to church. Pretty soon, Sally and Ron asked if they could join the church. She still had the bar, mind you, and <clears throat> in the Presbyterian church, the session is the group that decides, and my husband said it was a rather lively discussion <laughs> within the session trying to figure out how did they handle this and what should they do. So as they usually do, they took two people and just two session members, not to be scary or overwhelming, to go and talk to Sally and Ron about, well, why do you want to join? And this is what Ron said. He said, well, we were both brought up in the church and we've gotten away from it. And we figured if we were going to get back into, you know, changing our lives, being in church might be the best place to do it. And they had accepted the Lord as safe, personal Savior when they were young. Well, what is a better place for a church? What A church is supposed to help people that, that have given their lives to him to grow in their, in their faith walk. So anyway, it ended up that the session agreed that they should be members of the church. I'm skipping a few things that really make the story even more exciting. Ron was the head, the president of a biker club. And Ron was tatted up, and this story is about 30 years old. He was tatted up like I'd never seen tats before in my life. He had very interesting tats, including um, skulls that were put one skull ear touching the next skull ear all around his 
a wrist, like a bracelet of skulls on, on his wrist. And he had a tattoo that looked like a spider web that originated at his elbow and went all the way up the length of his whole arm, down towards the hand and up towards the, to the shoulder. Um, and this is a conservative community. Very conservative. A conservative Presbyterian small country church. Yeah, yeah. And Sally and Ron have just changed everything. They have a topless bar owner with a, the president of a biker club. I mean, it was kind of shocking. Nobody in our congregation had that background that I was aware of. So it was it was interesting. So anyway, they were admitted into the fellowship of the church, and it was a wonderful Sunday morning. It was exciting. Everybody welcomed them in. It was, it was really a step for the congregation as well, a big change for the congregation. This part blows my mind even today. Not even a week went by, and Ron dropped dead of a heart attack. He was only in his 30s. This man was not an old man. And he was dead. In fact, the doctor said, I was with Sally when the doctor told us what happened. And and basically said, he was dead before he hit the floor. He had a massive coronary. It was absolutely shocking. It kind of shook the whole church. Um, I had been leading some bereavement groups at that point in time. And of course, would pick Sally up regularly whenever she felt like it. And would bring her and include her in the group. And that went on for several years. It was interesting to me because I didn't know how she would react. I didn't know if she'd want to even come back to the church or not. And um, she did, faithfully, every single Sunday. She was there, and she brought her kids every Sunday. A lot of times people think, oh, once I surrender my life to Christ completely, everything becomes easy. And I see so many times that when that happens— you walk through, through some of the hardest seasons of your life. You certainly can. But you have the Lord by your side. Yes, yes. It was astounding. In fact, I even, I talked quite a lot to Sally and said, you know, how are you doing this? What, you know, you're here every Sunday. Is this difficult for you? And she goes, this is exactly what I have to be about. And I'm like, why? She said, this is the last thing we ever did together. This is a way that I can honor the relationship that we had, and I was just like, oh, it just makes me want to cry to this day. Such tender heart, such a tender heart. Oh, and then I forgot to tell you, after this funeral, my husband performed the funeral, and this is a tiny country church. It was built a couple hundred years ago, so it's it's an old building. It's not huge because it was for a, you know, a rural community. Um, oh, my goodness. It was standing room only. First of all, he was very, very well-known. His wife owned a very going business in the community, and he was president of a biker club, and they knew lots of people. There was no room in the parking lot. We had filled with motorcycles, absolutely filled with motorcycles, and filled with lots of the women that would dance at the, at the bar. Lots of them, their families, the customers that would go to the bar. It was just, the church was absolutely, we had standing room only. The balcony was full. The narthex, when you first come in the first the doors, it was just jam-packed full of people. No place to sit. Um, my husband gave a wonderful, um, wonderful story, teaching people about God's love and about, um, about salvation even. And at the end of the service, Tom went fairly promptly to the back to, to be able to greet people and to shake hands and all. 
And a whole bunch of men left immediately before he could get to the back. And he was like, oh, my goodness, did I say something to upset them? Did I, did I, you know, was there something wrong? And one of the ladies who I think was one of the dancers, she says, oh, no, ma'am, no, sir, rather, you didn't do anything to upset them. They were all crying, and they were too embarrassed to let you see the tears. She said, you touched their hearts. So that was absolutely precious. Um, what an amazing experience to even see the church filled with people that I would have never known to invite. I didn't, I didn't come across them day to day. Well, the years went on, and Sally kept bringing her kids, and the kids were growing up, and she kept bringing all these people to come to church with her, people that owned tattoo parlors, people that owned other, other bars, people that would frequent her bar. She had usually more guests in her area than the rest of the church combined as far as visitors went. And we started calling that area where she sat Sally's Corner because there were so many people that were there, and it was full of, of new people coming to know about the Lord and God's love. And I am happy to report that she is still involved in church, and that business that she had, she ended up changing it. She tried selling it several times, and it never sold. And she ended up uh, changing it into a gas station, Mini Mart, and Deli. And you should have seen the whole church came out to help her paint and to do landscaping and to just make the whole place uh, fresh and new and beautiful. And then several of the young people in the church ended up getting jobs there and helped out with, you know, running the deli or stocking shelves or whatever. It was amazing. It was a really, um, it was a transformation for the whole church just to see folks getting very involved with her life. There are a couple of things that are in my mind as you you talk about this. And one of them is when the word says what the enemy means for harm, God will use for good. Mm -hmm. The business she ran, the crowd that her husband hung with, they the enemy wanted those things to grow and succeed and the roots to be deeper. Absolutely. But God said, no, they're mine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They are my children. Yep. And even the fact, looking back at it now, the fact that she couldn't sell the business, because it would have continued to be at least a bar. Yeah. She couldn't sell it. She said for the amount of money she had in it, she couldn't get anywhere near what she needed for it. And now she's got a really thriving business. It's doing way better than the bar ever did. And it's really amazing because it's now... A place that everybody stops at. You have to you have to go past it to get into town. So that well, whole and you don't have to go all the way into town for your bread or your milk or your whatever exactly. anymore either. Exactly. So it met a need. It did to that community still it meets did. that need. The other thing that that I'm thinking at any point and still, do you think, what if I hadn't have listened? Yes, the voice was so tiny. It wasn't. It wasn't impressive. It was just this tiny little thought in my head. And I, it could have been easily one of those things of, oh, you know, I'm busy doing something else. I honestly think with our society being so busy, we're so busy that I don't know that we even pay attention to all those little thoughts in the back of our head because it was not 
dramatic. It yeah. wasn't big. We're distracted from every direction and then some. Mm-hmm. We are. How important do you feel it is if you want to be in tune to that still small voice to spend time in his word, to spend time having a conversation with him in prayer? I think it frames my day. I think it's exactly the way to, in fact, I like to even say any voices that are not of God, I shut them down right now. I do not want them to be pestering me or keeping me from being distracted from the voice of God that I do need to hear. And I need to do that regularly because otherwise it's so easy to be frantically moving from one thing to the next and not really paying attention to what's important. That voice didn't sound very important when I first heard it. In fact, I questioned it a bunch of times. I don't consider you to be an introvert. Um, I consider you to be an extrovert. But there are so many people that regardless of um, what vert they are, they shy away when it comes to sharing God with people. But you didn't necessarily, well, you didn't show up at Sally's with some tracks and pass them out. Um, You didn't go to Sally's, ask to speak to her and tell her what she was doing wrong according to the Bible. Hmm. I mean, there may be a time and a place for those things, but you just prayed. You didn't even know what you were praying for. I didn't. I didn't. For for three years, I didn't know what I was praying for. I just knew I was supposed to be praying for her. Not against her, but for her. Not against her business. Sometimes I truly believe, and this is a perfect example of it, that... When the word says, go into all the world and share the gospel. Some of us have to be senders. Some of us have to be goers. And sometimes the sender is someone that is just sitting in their prayer closet, Mm -hmm. praying the same thing over and over. I read something the other day on social media that said, I would much rather pray the same prayer a thousand times than let the enemy hear my silence. Ooh, that's good. I like that. So whatever it is, I don't think we can go wrong praying. I don't either, especially if we're praying for and not against. I don't believe that I, at least I have not been called to pray against. I've been prayed to call for, to pray for people. Um, and I believe that's God's heart. Is He's for us. He's not against us. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Story Matters. Check out the show notes below. We have some different links and some resources available to you related to the topic we covered in this episode. And then be sure to follow and download for more of This Story Matters. If you need prayer, we invite you to call or text our prayer line. It's available 24-7, 365, anytime you could possibly need it. 877-800-7729. We would love to hear the story God has written in your life. Email us with your story at thisstorymatters at thewind.radio.